Welcome to the Brian Ear Podcast. My name is Brian Ear and I am your host. Listen, every artist has their unique story about how they got into their career and the journey of their career. And today I am going to tell mine. So really my story begins when I was four years old. My parents decided that they wanted to become missionary evangelists. They're from Zimbabwe, Africa. And so um, what we did is at age four, we started traveling to churches all across Oklahoma and the surrounding states. And um, eventually my parents were like, "Okay, you're not going to just sit in the pews anymore. You guys got to do something. So we all started singing And so uh, for 16 years, I traveled with my parents, singing in different churches. Um, And then I remember um, at some point throughout that process, I um, was I was singing other people's songs, singing covers every week in church. And I don't know why, but I I think it just had to be God uh, that I just like got tired of singing other people's songs. I was like, there was like a distaste in my mouth for singing other people's songs. So what I did is I just started writing songs. Obviously, like everybody who begins, usually, um, the songs weren't the greatest songs in the world, but I was singing them. And and then I remember in 2011, uh, in 2011, I was working at a, uh, it was after my first year of college, um, I was working at a baseball stadium and I remember I was like, you know what? I want to record my first song. I had written a song called Dream On. It was um, for my friend um, who had a dream in her heart, uh, but her family uh, didn't understand like why she had this dream. She ultimately like wanted to adopt children from foreign countries, um, but they weren't really supportive of this dream. Uh, so I wrote a song called Dream On um, and so I was working at this baseball stadium to essentially pay for the record. I found a producer. His name was John Coggins. He had produced um, some some work for some friends that I had in college. And so I was like, hey, maybe he'll do this song for me. I contacted him. He was like, yes, I'll do it for $300. <laughs> and yes, I was a broke college kid. So I didn't have $300. So I worked really, really hard at the baseball stadium to um, raise the money to be able to pay for this record. And so I did that. I I, um, paid for the record. Um, I remember in July, I think it was July 15th of 2011, that I released my very first song on the internet, and it was Dream On. And so at this point, I hadn't like officially like launched out as an artist. I guess you could call it my launch, but um, like for me, it was very important that I had, you know, God's seal of approval on me launching out as an artist um, because what I had done up until that point was just travel with my parents singing in church. But I knew in my heart that I kind of like, I I knew that I didn't just want to make music for church. I wanted to make music um, for people outside of the church. I wanted to make music about love. I wanted to make music about people, about people, you know, chasing their dreams and going after the things that God had put in their heart. And so, um, I remember at the beginning of 2012, um, every year my family would like, we would take time to just like pray and ask God what, you know, he wanted us to do in that year. And I remember in 2012, as clear as day, I, I, um, um, I, I felt in my heart that the Lord was like, it's time for you to launch out as, um, 
as an artist and, and, and for you to start writing more music, recording more music and releasing more music. So I was in college at the time and I remember I just started grinding. I started um, performing any and everywhere that people would allow me to sing. And most of the events I would sing for free. I, remember, I Again, I was working at the baseball stadium, and so I literally became the resident national anthem singer. Anytime someone wouldn't show up to sing the national anthem, I would sing the national anthem. But it's through that that my name got out in the community, so I would get invited to other uh, events within the community um, where people would ask me to sing. Um, and usually they wouldn't pay me, but that was okay at the time because uh, I was, you know, just continuing to build my career. Um, and at my university, Oral Roberts University, I found favor. Uh, they gave me opportunities to uh, sing my songs um, at different functions and events. I remember at the inauguration of the new president um, uh, of the university, I sang one of my songs. Um, I sang one of my songs at his inaugurations where there was thousands and thousands of people. I remember they would ask me to write songs. They asked me to write songs for like one of the university's big donors who they were honoring. Um, but I was just writing and performing. I even did 100 events. I think it was my junior year of college. I did 100 events in the year while being a full-time student. It was kind of crazy, but it was also pretty amazing and cool. Um, and then my senior year of college, um, it was around the time that everybody, like everybody, I don't know if y'all remember, everybody was like doing a GoFundMe. <laughs> everybody was doing a GoFundMe or I think there's, it was called something else as well. Um, but everybody was raising like insane amounts of money to, to fund their albums. And so I was like, hey, I want to do it too. So I decided to, uh, my senior year of college, uh, while I was writing my senior paper and doing everything else, I decided to to have a campaign where I um, raised sought to raise twenty five thousand uh, dollars to record an album. And it was the hardest because everybody was doing it, doing it in like 30 days. And I was like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. And so I remember we had a 30 day, um, 30 day um, funding project for my um for my album to raise $25,000. I remember that was the hardest month of my life. Like in between uh, in between classes, I will be literally be going and having meetings with people to try and get them to to give to my uh, to give to my album album funding project. And I just want to take a moment just to stop and thank everybody who believed in me at that time and gave me money. Specifically um, the Stenzel family, the Stenzel family just I don't know why, but they just believed in me and sold a, a significant amount of money into that project. Uh, I remember we were able to give them a plaque, which was essentially like the first CD of the project when it was finished. But anyways, um, I did not raise um, $25,000 uh, in that time, uh, in that 30 days. But um, ultimately, I raised like $10,000 or something like that. And it was something like that. Um, but... I remember going on and um, like finishing out my senior year and not really thinking about the funding project. Uh, but then after I graduated from college, I was like, I want to do music full time. And so I began traveling anywhere again, anywhere people would let me sing. 
I would go. I couldn't really ask for a price at the time, but people would just pay me uh, what they could. And it was during that season as well that my brother quit his job and began managing me full time after I graduated from college. And uh, whenever he started managing me, he was like, hey, we need to raise the rest of this money. Um, We ultimately lowered the goal to $20,000, but we were able to raise $20,000 to record my first album, which was Hope's Stand. I remember in the fall of 2014, my producer, John Coggins, had moved to Los Angeles. So I went out to Los Angeles to finish the recording of Hope's Stand. Stand. Um, And it was like a contemporary Christian album. Uh, you can go watch the documentary. It's actually really cool how we documented that whole process. So I ended ended up in um, releasing that album in 2017, and I did a uh, an album release uh, concert. I did a listening project, a listening party for everyone who had um, who had given to the uh, project. Again, I did a, a release concert where I had dancers, I had singers, an amazing band. It was so 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 cool um and we recorded one music video uh for uh from that album it was for the song back where you belong which is really cool as well you can go check that out um but it was during that season that i actually received an email from the voice and they were asking me to come and audition for the show now i had auditioned for the show while i was in college and i didn't make it on i kind of chalked it up as that's not an opportunity for me but i remember um i received this email and something just felt right about it so i decided you know what i'm going to agree to come to this private audition that they're asking me to come to so i went to oklahoma city and i auditioned for uh the voice and a few weeks later, they emailed me or called me actually, and they're like, "Hey, Brian, this is the producers for The Voice, and we would I'd love for you to come out to Los Angeles to uh, audition for the executive producers of the show." And so I was like, "Wow, okay, this is escalating quickly." Uh, so I went out to Los Angeles, and I um, had the opportunity to audition for the executive producers of the show. So ultimately, I had the opportunity to do the blind audition, and I was singing happy in front of Pharrell, and I really didn't think about the fact that I had the opportunity, I was singing that song in front of Pharrell until um, until right before the audition, but it ultimately was amazing. Pharrell turned around, Adam turned around, you can go and watch the blind audition, it was an incredible moment. I had the op- also had the opportunity to uh, sing Jesus Loves Me in that moment. So the voice was an amazing experience for me. It was really, I like to say that it was like a, a um, boot camp in the music industry because we had the opportunity to see so many different aspects of what was going on and it really became a vital part of like my next steps in my career and so once I got off the voice I made it through to the top 20 Uh, once I got through that I had the opportunity to really like set out on a new path as an artist and and so one of the things that I had always had in my heart, it was I wanted to uh, I wanted to record songs about love. I wanted to record songs about like encouraging people in their dreams, uh, like I talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast. So what I did was I went to Los Angeles and I recorded four songs with my producer, John Coggins. Um, and so the songs were Would You Still Love Me, Hero, Flaws, and Get Up. And so... 
my team and I, after the songs were recorded, and we were coming together and just asking ourselves, how can we best market these songs? Um, we came to the conclusion that we were kind of tired of the songs getting lost in the shuffle of all of the songs that are released on the internet every single day. And so we decided that every single song that we release is going to have is going to need to have a visual for it. And so that's what we did. We started um, we started shooting music videos for each um, each song that we were going to be releasing. And so the first one that we did was "Would You Still Love Me?" And I remember like the feeling that I felt when we were in that first ideation meeting for Would You Still Love Me? I was like, I think that this is going to change the game for us. And so ultimately, Would You Still Love Me went viral. We released it on the internet. And I remember um, people's response to the music, to the song and to the music video was unbelievable. I remember one one of the things that we always loved to do was comment on people's re, uh, comment on people's comments that they posted um reply to them excuse me and we were up like all night replying to people's comments because they were coming in so so fast and so that was such a cool moment in my career and it really gave me the confidence to believe that I really think that we could do that and so, you know, we've been kind of living in that space for the last couple of years where we've been releasing music and over really over the last two years, our, our, our focus on really creating great content for people, even outside of just traditional songs, has, has, has really become a huge focus, as you'll see on all my social media platforms. We're constantly releasing content, and we're always releasing content and doing stuff, hopefully in a way that encourages other people um, to believe that they can do the same thing. I'm always, I'm big about helping artists realize that independent artists specifically who don't have a lot of money, who don't have people backing them, that you can do this thing. Like you can, you can have a thriving career if you'll just start small, if you'll use what's in your hand, and if you'll do the little things that it takes to be successful. Um, and so the journey has been so amazing. There's different seasons within the journey that uh, we'll continue to talk talk about on the podcast um, but I just wanted to kind of give you guys a little a little inside story inside look at my uh, artist journey my story of my independent journey as an artist so just want to thank you all so much for taking time to listen to this episode of the Brian Air podcast make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you like or watch on and we will see you later <laughs>